In the letters of John, the Apostle John continues and expands his thoughts, themes, and motifs, and dives deeper in them. In the Gospel of John, we saw that he presented Jesus as the Word of God, and the Word became flesh. Over the next three letters, he will stress that Jesus, being God, came down in the flesh, that Jesus is the Son of God, how we should follow his commandments of truth and love, and what our mission and goal is as believers. Join us as we dive into the letters of John. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. We'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. Alrighty, so we are not going to say it. I'm not <laughs> going to say, say it. it. We're going to try. Um, How about that? No, we are definitely going to finish it this okay. time. Fair enough. Um, whether it's an hour and a half or not, we're going we're gonna to finish it. <laughs> Five we're gonna get, hours later. We're going to get it done. Um, but uh, so we are on the last bit of First John chapter 5. And it's been like four podcasts in and of itself, which has been kind of crazy, I think. Yeah. Um, but we are on verse 16 and there's only five verses left. You know, five verses. We'll, we'll get through them, I think. Um. But, you know, we talked about some really interesting things, you know, last podcast about, you know, asking God things, right? Asking him in his name, right? And and we're going to pick up in verse 16. It says, If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask God and God will forgive him. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is a sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. All right, so there's a couple things that we're going to sit here and unpack. Um, First of all, you know, we're going to kind of speculate and see what what uh, John's talking about, about sins that are that don't lead to death mm-hmm. versus the sins that do. Right. Right. So, like, in my mind, I think he's talking about, like, an eternal death. Right. Because he's he always has eternity in mind. Um, but he is saying that there are sins that don't lead to death. Mm-hmm. Right. And sins that do pray for the ones that, you know, that that do not lead to death. Um, but you know, let Jesus do the praying for the ones that do lead to death. Right. Because the Bible says that Jesus is our, our, our intercessor. Right? right. And so God's saying, it's not your job to pray for those who are committing sins that are leading to death. That's Jesus job. Cause he knows exactly what to pray for. Right. Right. He but knows to exactly what to say. Pray for those who are in faith to keep that they stay strong right. in their faith. And 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 catch this, and, and it's going to harken back to what Paul says, right? Um, does that give us the liberty to sin? By all means, no. No, yeah. I mean, and then that's that's pretty much where John goes, verse seventeen. Yeah. All wrongdoing is sin, but there are sins that don't lead to death. Let that do not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. Right. But he who is born of God, God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. So there's this habit, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and, and here's the thing. Because there are sins that do not lead to death, right? right? We, 
it doesn't give us the license to do sins still, right? Correct. Because I do believe that 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 is a slippery slope, right? Yeah. There's there's a very fine line between sins that do not lead to death and sins that do, right? It's not our job to know that line. It's right. God's job. And if we truly sought after God in his heart, I don't think we would seek the line. Right? We we wouldn't want to know how far we go. Right. You know, with the sins to the point where it eventually starts to lead to death. And I think that, you know, um, if we are in God, right, we who are, have been born of God should not continue the habit of sinning. And I think we talked about that in a previous podcast about, about habits, right? There, there are habits that we get ourselves into there and it takes time to break those habits. Right. And so I think that that's pretty much what John is talking about here. Right. You know, to the people who who are mature in the Lord, right, who recognize and see, hey, that's something that's not going to lead to death, but it's not a good thing, right, right. I think you know that's then your job to say, God help them, protect them, open their eyes. But to the ones that are in the world, right, you know, we can pray that God will set them free, but truly, it's not our job to pray. Right. It says that do not pray for those. Right. Well, we know that that there's someone up there praying for them instead. God is. Jesus is praying. He's the intercessor. He knows exactly what to pray for, how to pray for those people. So we shouldn't take that burden on ourselves. We can't be burdened with that much stuff. Right. So I think John is now trying to to draw this line in the sand and saying, you know, yes, there are sins that lead to death. There are sins that don't. But the moral of the story is you should not have the desire to push the boundaries that far if you are truly after God in his heart. Very wisely said. I mean, you you have took a complicated verse from many scholars and simplified it for our listeners because that is correct. We, we, we need to have a desire to help our brothers, sisters who are weak in the faith or who are struggling in their faith, who can you know, teeter in a direction that will lead them to a wrong place. And, and yet, you know, when we are praying over our brothers and sisters in the Lord, uh, we are lifting them up in our prayers, like you said, and, and that they, if they're doing wrong and are blind seeing it, that God will open up their eyes and God will right. help them to, you know, cause you know, we all deserve our own judgment. But by God's grace, we receive yeah. forgiveness of sins and we right. walk in that grace. Not that we can purposely do things wrong, but God's grace gives us the room to make mistakes Yeah, that we can get up and move forward. It's the, mm. But it's when yeah. we continue to step on his grace and continue to do the things he's asking us not do. Then we, you know, God will lift His hand off of us. What we've seen in the Old Testament, you know, the constant rebellion, constant yeah. rejection, and God says, "Okay, if you think you know it all, you know, I'm going to hand you over to your own powers, right. and your, your powers are going to destroy you. Yeah, right? your own decisions are going to destroy you." And so, I, man, you simplified a complicated. <laughs> you, you, that was very good, very well put, because that was, you know, most when you study these commentaries, they're talking in circles. Yeah. And and and, wow. and you know you you know with the commentaries that's also man's opinion. Yeah, of right? course, yeah, just like um, it's our opinion, right? Just like it's our opinion, but this is kind of what I feel to be true, truth. I, and it sounds logical to me, for real. It sounds yeah. very solid and logical. And I think you know, 
with these kind of verses specifically, we have to enter into that uncomfortable place yeah. to figure out what the real meaning is, right? Because when we were first reading it, right? It was blowing we, our mind. It was blowing our not Yeah, blowing well, our mind. It's like, it's like, well, there are sins that do and don't lead to death. Well, I thought all sins lead to death, right? right? right. And it's like, well, that goes against everything that we've been taught. And then going to say, well, you know, the ones that are on a trail that's lead to death, don't pray for those people. Wait, why? You know, because like we've been taught, we've been raised in church to always pray for those people, always pray, you know, that, that God will set them free. When I think in reality, I think Jesus is the one that does the praying, right. not us. He when is it comes the to intercessor. You know, he holds the key to death in the grave, hell, right. death in the grave. And so I think what better qualification to pray for people who are going down a path of death than the one who has eternal life in his hands. Well, this solidifies verse 18 that we read where it talks about, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not not keep keep on sinning sinning. because if you love God, you're going to do what he asks. Right. You know, Jesus even made those statements, you know, he even said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say. So there are things that he's telling us to do, and we choose not to. So if you love God, you're going to want to—we've hit this on the past three podcasts. You're going to love God. You're going to want to do the things that he's asking you to do with no questions asked because of your love and devotion. You want to please the Lord, Mm -hmm. and your will will is not God taking on what you desire. It's (laughs) we taking on what he desires. Right. And like, I want to read this in the Passion. It says this, we are convinced that everyone who is fathered by God does not make it a way of life, Mm. right? Does Mm. not make sinning a way of life. So, you know, there's, there are ways of life, right? You know, and, and, and those who, um, come under God's wing as father, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we have to walk and step with him and that should be our way of life. And, Though there are sins that don't lead to death, I don't think it's our job to know those boundaries because we should stay in the boundaries of what God is, where where God is walking, where he's going to. Right. Right. I, I know that children, right, they like to test their boundaries. Absolutely. You know? They like to test, you know, where's my limits? Where's my limits? But I think, you know, through maturity, yes, we should have a childlike faith, and God, right? But not be childish. But, but not be childish yep. in saying, you know, I'm going to follow in footstep with him mm-hmm. and I'm not going to test my boundaries. And because it is a slippery slope, yes, that sin may not lead to death, but it may lead to another sin that leads to death. Makes sense. So you sear your conscience. You sear right. those convictions. You quiet that voice of conviction by the right. Holy Spirit. And when you quiet the voice of the Holy Spirit... You're going to listen, regardless of your, your what you think, you are listening to a voice. Yes. And there's, you know, some say it's your, you know, your inner self, but, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to the truth of God. And if you're not going to listen to the truth, then yeah. you're going to listen to the lie and be influenced by it. Right. And then that will lead you to death. Yeah. And so it is, it is a very slippery slope yeah. when it comes to sin. And that's why we have to realize that our identity now in Christ Jesus is no longer a sin nature mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. We have to break that habit, though. You know, we, and, and how do you break that habit? By practicing righteousness. We have to practice the ways of God and, and, and righteousness. And so it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. It's going to not be overnight. 
it's going to be hard sometimes. Well, not just practice righteousness, but the Bible talks about that we are to clothe ourselves with righteousness. Right. And so that is a decision that you're saying, I'm, I'm going to wear the righteousness of Christ, not my own righteous, but Christ, the righteous of Christ. I'm going to wear him and, and display him in my life for what I put on. Right. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm trying to decipher that in my, in my mind mentally right now, but I... Th- I, I so with Paul, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up Paul here for a minute. Yeah. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right, because he desires after Christ. Right. And I think that this whole righteous thing is is this, right? Put on Christ's righteousness, right? Until the fact you two truly become one, right? And 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 your actions are his actions without you even having to try. Right. Does that make sense? I mean, yes, you you well, you and Christ are one. The moment that that you say yes to him, but but there's a, there's a there's a time where flesh, it's a training period, right? Like right. like like breaking in a stallion. It, you have to train your flesh, right, to line up with God, right. And so we have to imitate Christ. Until we become like Christ on this earth. Well, I mean, even the armor of God talks about the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Yeah. It does with your mind and your heart. Right. That's really what it's dealing with. Even though this was a descriptive way of describing a Roman soldier's armor, you know, what they wore and various things. But reality is this is symbolic that our mind needs to re- always stay in the fi- mind, mind pace of I am a child of God. And therefore, your conscious decisions that you make is made by knowing who you are in Christ. I mean, we, we are circling this all over again, Pastor Aaron, because in this and this is saying in what this whole John book is delivering to us is how important it is that we recognize who we are and whom we belong to. And if it's and if it's about the righteousness, if it's about our salvation, it's about faith and truth and you know the spirit of God and our and peace that leads us, it's all circumference about who we are and who we belong to. Right. And and, and therefore, like we're saying again, reiterating, is that if you love God, you're not gonna wanna sin. Right. You're not gonna wanna do things that displeases God. Right. You know, you go to him with open heart, with conviction. Okay, God, convict my heart. What am I doing wrong? Then I don't even realize I'm doing wrong. We do that constantly in our own personal walk. I I mean, I I don't like to talk about it in open, but it's just reality. If we're sharing with our podcasters today, it it's a this is a part of an open communication that we are desiring to desire what God loves. Right. Hate that what things that he hates, love the things he loves. Yeah. And so, actually, I want to rewind a minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go back to a statement that you said that I want to uh, actually... Break down. Not, yeah, uh, yeah, break down and, and, and kind of go a di- different direction. Um, it's this, right? So you said something very interesting, and we've been taught this in church, but it's not true. Okay? The armor of the Lord is not based on a Roman soldier. Interesting. It's based on the high priestly garb. Interesting. It's amazing because they all have a Roman mm-hmm. soldier picture. Yeah. And I, that's how I was yeah. raised on yep. is identifying what that is. Yep. So it's actually painting a picture of a high priest, what a high priest would wear. Mm. Yeah. 
And so, and so what he, what, what, what Paul is doing here, he is painting the picture as you are now the priests, right? Interesting. Which goes in line with what we're talking about, because when we realize and we put on the breastplate of righteousness, that's right. the twelve. That's the twelve stones, stones of the tribe, right? Yeah. And the head, the headgear. That's the that's the roy, That's the holy turban that you put right. on, right? And 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 so the the dressing up process of the of the um the the armor of God is what the priests, the high priests, went through to put on all of their um. All of their um, things in order for sacrimonies and and stuff like that, interesting. which is really really interesting. And so, where did you hear that teaching? That's uh, I believe it's Tim Mackey, okay. Doctor Tim Mackey. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, and so, and so, um, you know, that goes along with, you know, practicing what God practices, right? Because when it comes to priests, you know, in the Old Testament at least, you know, they they were practicing you know sacrifices they were practicing righteousness they were practicing holiness right yes they made mistakes sometimes yes they messed up right but they were still trying their best to walk in line with christ right right and so you know we as well must put on our high priestly garments because as peter says you know you are priests you are a holy nation, right? Mm-hmm. A royal people, mm-hmm. a royal people of priests. And so, you know, we are now required, right, to act accordingly. And so, you know, what, what does a priest do, right? We, we, we must follow in step with God. We must hear his voice. We must allow him to mold us and shape us and give us commands what to do what to say where to go how to react and 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 this is all um a learning process i think um a process of undoing right you're undoing your old self and 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 becoming something new something holy something righteous and so we're putting on christ's righteousness we're putting on you know the helmet of salvation salvation um in the old testament is not just you know salvation like you know um i'm saved right the greek word is actually sozo s-o-z-o it means healed it means um, saved, it means delivered, right? And so it's not just a, a, a way of, of being going to heaven. It's it's a way of freeing people and healing them, making them who they have been called to be, right? And so in this walk of righteousness, you know, David says he leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And, and you know, we have to follow and step with him, to learn what righteousness looks like, mm. to learn how to be holy. Because, you know, in Peter, he says, be holy for I am holy. Right, right. And so we we have to learn that. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's it's not like second nature. It will be if we continue to practice it. Well, I mean, look, look back again at verse 18. I'm going to read it again. It says, we know, that, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. We right. get this. But he who was born of God protects him. 
Yeah. So God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. What does he protect you from? He, he doesn't protect you from, I don't think, sinning in this. No. He, he protects you from the effects of the sin that you fall into sometimes, because you're right. going to fall. Right. He's going to protect you from the effects and the, of it. And the enemy's not going to take your soul. Right. Because you're committed to him. Your heart's to him. Yep. And so so he, he protects you and he, and he doesn't allow the enemy to touch you. Doesn't mean that you're not going to go through various things. Because Jesus even declared that we're going to face various types of tribulations in this world or trials or testings if you break down the word. Right, right, but, right, 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 right. But right. in this same token, God's not going to, like, for example, look at Job. Look at what happened to Job. He had sores and all this stuff, all this things. He lost his family. Yeah. His wife, you know, says, just turn your back on God. I mean, he, he was sick enough that his own friends didn't recognize yeah. him, but the enemy could not take his, his life. life. Yeah. And so th- and so God protected him, just like he, John is saying that, yeah. you know, you're you're you know, you are committed to Christ. To Christ, mm-hmm. you are going to do what God wants you. So you're not going to be the one. If you're born of God, you're not going to desire to keep on sinning. But because you're born of God, God's going to put His hand over you. Yeah. And we are to pray for our fellow a brothers hedge of and protection sisters. around Correct. you, right? because of the blood of Jesus. And we are to pray for our brothers and sisters who are seeming to be weak in the faith. Yes. That means, you know, like Jesus talks about, you leave the ninety-nine, go after the one. Yeah. So therefore, we yeah. are the one that chases the one. Right. And I think, you know, following along that, that righteous path, right? We're, we're, and, and like, I picture, I picture this uh, picture of, of, um, a father and a son walking through the snow, right? And the father's boot prints are imprinted in the snow and the son is stepping in the boot prints, right? And, and, you know, it's, you know, it's times like that. You know that that we follow in his footsteps, right? We're following behind him. We're we're watching how he interacts and 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 how he loves and and that's that's what we should aspire to become. Well, I like that analogy because if you think about that, and we're following in his footsteps, basically, um, God's already pave the way for us yeah, to walk. We talked about that last podcast. Right. right. And so if we're walking in his footsteps, yeah. you're not going to walk off the path if the path has already been made for you. I mean, you go to these hiking. You can, but you can, you can choose can. not to. It gets right? a little tougher. And, and it's just like these hiking paths. Okay. The, the hike, there are hiking paths that have already been set up for you to follow on and they have markers. And therefore, sometimes you do trail off the beating path. Yeah. But then when you look for the path, in order to find the path, you may not see it from a distance, but from a distance you can see the marker on the tree. Oh, this is the path. Yeah. This is the orange path. This is the red path. Right. This is the blue path. Right. And so if the path's been made, we're going to jump on paths. So that may, so basically in that scenario, in these verses, when you see a fellow brother or sister get off the path that God's laid out, I mean, the Holy Spirit's just paying in this out here, that God's laid out, then you are to help them, pray for them. Pray that, for them, yeah. That they get back on that path that God set out for them. Yeah. And and to live it. Yeah. I mean, even the Bible talks about it, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Yeah, plans and to prosper, not harm. Give, give you, you hope, hope in, in the, the future. future. Right. So these are the things that God has. Yeah. And so, you know, this was a very complicated uh, it, yeah. section, I think. And, um, and, you know, we're trying to do it justice. But, um, you know, I want to point out, you know, 
he says in verse 17, all wrongdoing is sin, but there are sins that don't lead to death, right? And so, you know, eventually in your walk with Christ, there are going to be times where you unintentionally veer off, right? But it's the further you go with him, the less it's going to happen, right? Right. Right? Because you're not going to desire to step out of sync with him. You know, um, there are things, you know, we're going to always make mistakes in life. And, uh, you know, I remember a while back ago, I was made a, a, a mistake and I felt so, you know, how the enemy just bombards your mind and makes yep. you feel so bad and yeah. guilty mm-hmm. that, you know, I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you acted that way. You know, just the things. And, and, and so that being said, um, that is the grace of God that keeps us where we are and, and, and. I'm saying what I'm, I said all this to say that when I was praying and, and just seeking God about the things that I was dealing with and the enemy was making me feel more guilty than what I, what Christ has given me, on, yeah. you know, the condemnation, you know, one of the things that I heard the Holy Spirit say in my quiet times was, you know, I, God was saying, I still know your heart. And I think that's why it's so important when you look at 17, all all wrongdoing is a sin, but there's a sin that does not lead to death. Why? God knows your true intentions of right. your heart. Right. If your true intentions of your heart is to do it and honor Him, that's like I believe there's some things that happen in our churches that that's not biblical, but God knows their heart. Yeah. Even though they, they're th- there's things that are happening in our churches that may not be right with God, but God still sees their intentions of their heart. Right, that's where the grace, I think, comes in. Yeah, and so thank God. Because He sees that. that you're trying to do what's right in your own mind. Right. right. You know, no, you know, obviously that's within reason, within boundaries. Correct. Um, you know, it's not going to say, "Oh, hey, go kill somebody because you think it's right." Right. It's not. That's not what He's saying. You know, that's not what we're saying either. But we're saying, you know, there are. And I think there's another verse that's coming to me. The way that seems right to a man leads to death. Yes. Right. Yes. And and there there are things that that we may think is okay, but you know it leads to death. But then there are things that we may think leads to death, but it's really not that big of a deal. We're the ones that make it the issue. Yeah. And that's why reverting back to have a being open for the Holy Spirit to lead you to the truth. Right. There is conviction, not condemnation. Right. And if we allow the enemy to um, bring condemnation on us, then we'll never push forward in the places. We'll always stay where we are. It's okay. For example, and when you travel to foreign countries like third world countries, you can see when when the last time they prospered. Yeah, because they're stuck in that era. They're right? stuck in that era in the seventies and sixties and eighties. Yeah. They're stuck. Yep. They haven't moved past where their last time of prosperity. Yeah. Right. And so like and that's how people are. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And so like, you know, there are there are times where we kind of stay stuck in a rut. Yeah. Right? Where 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 this went well, my can't don't change it now. Yeah. Right? If my grandfather did it and my daddy did it, then I'm sure going to do it. Right. You I've know, and if it, <laughs> if it worked, if it worked for them, it can work for me too. And don't change a thing. Right. Don't right. deviate. And so like there is a time of moving forward, right? And with moving forward, you might veer off path a little bit. But that's, I think, where the grace of God comes in to say, um, you know, yeah, you, you're, you're not really on path, but it's not, the, the, the path is not that far, right? So like I, like I said, I pictured it as you're walking in step with, say, your dad in the snow. You know, you can, 
if you are paying attention, you can see where you've stepped off because your steps aren't lining up with his. And I think, you know, as a maturing believer, right, I think that, you know, we have to be in tune with God to the fact of saying, oh, wait a minute, I made a mistake. I'm not in step. I have to realign myself again. Yeah, well, that's where the Bible talks about that uh, you repent, turn back where you have fallen right. to your first love. Right. And so so, so you recognize the path that you veered off. And it's amazing. I think we've said this one time in our podcast, how a, a large uh, cruise liner, just yep. by one small deviant move, yep. can turn Can shift. change the course of their trajectory. Yes. And that's how our walk with the Lord is. Just one slight deviant move that we make can change the direction we're right. going in. And right. we don't want and that's when you say, like, Oh, wait a minute, I've gone too far. Let me go let me go back where I was. Right. And then move forward from that point forward. And right. God gives you grace to do that. Right. And like think of it as like like a graph, right? I've been helping some students with their math homework. I'm not the <laughs> not the very best at math, but I, I do what I can. And some of them today was actually working on a graph, a graphing project online. And it's crazy to see how the slightest bit of deviation changes the trajectory of the line of the graph, right? And so, you know, with, with that being said, it could be like a 0.03 difference, but it changes the slope of the line. It changes the position of the line on the X or Y axis. And so, you know, just, just the... the the slightest change of a plus sign, a minus sign, you know, where it's placed, you know, how you put the the equation together, it changes the trajectory. And one thing could change it like that. And so it's the same way with our walk with Christ where, you know, we, we think we're in step. We think we're in sync. We think we're doing everything right. But you forget that one thing and you veer off. And and it, it may be a slow veer at first, but 10, 15 years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to see yourself really, really, really far right, right. from where you've fallen. I've got one for you. Uh, you and I were working in, in the church and we were doing some things for the center and we had to put together cubbies. <laughs> that was a pain. And you met, look, I missed, not you, I missed I was putting together this cubby. And some of you, if you put together things that, you know, like you look at, you go on Amazon or wherever and you're like, oh, I like that desk or I like this. Yeah. And you order it and it comes to you and you all these hundreds of pieces you got to put together. And you just look at the picture and you don't read. Well, I, I put, I remember when I put the cubby together, I had put the ends on the wrong side. Yeah. So when I started putting the inside, the holes on, weren't lining up. Nothing was lining up. I'm like, why isn't this going? And then I don't know if who did it behind me came in and said, well, no wonder. You know, you didn't, you, the, the two sides are, are opposite from each other. Yep. And so just thinking we can look at it and fix it, then actually reading it. Yeah. You know, when you've got to do a lot of put together. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it takes we had time. quite a bit. And so, so, you know, what's crucial is learning how to put it together the right time and the right way. That that when you continue doing moving forward and placing things together, it it comes easier in the end, and so just missing that one piece or missing that one direction yeah. can throw off the whole assembly of your life. Right, or like when you're putting together a TV stand, yeah, right? and like you you lost a screw, right, and like you're like, well, do I really need it? 
And then you put it together and it's like really wobbly. And it's like, well, yeah, I probably actually did need that one. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's those it's those little things that 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 do matter in the end, right? And and I think sometimes we make a bigger deal out of things that aren't important, mm-hmm. and we make such a small deal about things that are very important to God. Yeah, we're worried about a small nick when we miss a whole screw. Right. You know what I'm saying? A small nick is nothing. A whole screw would not allow it to, to, to be function as, the way it's supposed right, to. Right, it's supposed to. And so, yes, we're focusing on the wrong small <clears throat> thing can mess up everything. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think... I'm trying to decide if I want to go the direction I'm going in. You know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because um, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers. Well, now but... you got everybody in suspense. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it. All right. But um, all wrongdoing is sin, right? You know, all wrongdoing is sin. And if you don't have the heart of God, you follow me. If you don't have the heart of God, you're not going to know really what's wrong. Right. You know what? You walk with blinders. I'm going to go there. I knew you would. I knew you. Okay. And if we don't like it, like we can cut it, right? Uh, We say that all the time. (laughs) And it's going to step on toes. And I say what I'm about to say in love, okay? But we are very worried when a homosexual couple walks in holding hands. But we say nothing to those boyfriends and girlfriends who walk in holding hands. Why is that? What's the difference? Hmm. They're both living potentially in sin. Yep. Why do we classify one as worse than the other? If both are equal in God's eyes, yeah. why? I think in some people's mind that um, uh, the boyfriend and girlfriend living together, coming into church is fixable. They just need to get married. Where the other lifestyle is non-fixable to you it's non-fixable right i'm just stating that no yeah how people think but with god nothing is impossible correct so why do we put limitations on god and say one sin is worse than the other when in reality they're both the same thing still what jesus described as the speck in the log in the eye right another step further we look at somebody who's scrawny right who has marks up and down their arms as a drug addict, and we look on them judgmentally, right? But to the preachers out there in the pulpit who mm. can't button their suit jackets, you know, that are obviously living in a gluttonous thing, we say nothing to. Why is that? Mm. Yeah. You I, see what I'm saying? Yeah, I get they're, you. They're, both are addictions. Both are dependent on a substance that they don't need to be dependent on. It's just, I think society has viewed various things as, you know, not to say if a person, you know, is struggling with an eating disorder that they're wrong. I mean, we're no, just saying that. But, but we're saying, why why do we limit, right, the the one and not the other? Why do we say, well, that person's, you know, that it's hard to break that person from that meth addiction. But, you know, that, that you can work on yourself. You know, you, you do you. You know, and we praise the people who say, oh get on Facebook and say, oh, I lost five pounds this week, but we don't praise the other ones that say, oh, I'm two days clean from a drug addiction. You know what I'm saying? 
Where's the dif- Where's the difference? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I think, and I think, you know, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. I was just you're gonna say something. Kind of cleaning it up a little bit, <laughs> because, you know, for for you know those that are struggling with, with various things, you know, whether it be weight or whether it be other things, there's you know we we don't know the person's heart. No. You know we don't know if you know they're having a medical condition that you know that's put them where they're at or various nature, but. What Pastor Aaron, I believe, was saying just, you know, is that, you know, we it's, you know, we can't judge one. And right. And we can't look at ourselves. Right. So what I am trying to say is this. Why not just look at everybody with the lens of love instead of judge, judgmentalism? Yeah. Right. God knows their heart. God knows their heart to the to the to the pastor up on stage, you know, who has an eating disorder. You don't know what trauma he's been through or she's been through that led them to that, right? To, to the drug addict, same thing. You don't know what trauma that person has been through that 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 brought them to that point. It doesn't matter how they got to that point. What matters is we are capable of freeing them from that point, right? right. To the to the two couples, right, that sit in the back of the church, you know, one is a homosexual couple, one is a a, a, a heterosexual couple, you know, God can free both of them. Absolutely. There's a way out for both of them. Absolutely. And and why do we look judgmentally at the one and not the other? I don't think we should look judgmentally at all. We should look at love through the lens of love through both of them. It's not our job, as as as, as John says here, right? For the ones leading to death, don't pray for them. That's Jesus' job. It's not our job. Right for the ones who are in church that are committing small, trivial things that do not lead to death, pray for them because you know they know how to get back on track. You don't know how to pray for that person that's been through trauma. Yep. You don't know how to pray for that person who's been sexually abused. Right, right. You don't know how to pray for those people. So why should you? That's Jesus's job. Right. Jesus knows what to say, how to say things. Right. And I think I think that's where we're missing it, Pastor Lee. And I think that's where that's where we as a church have failed generations mm-hmm. because we look at one thing as worse than the other when in reality sin is sin sin is sin all wrongdoing is sin but it's not our job to judge it's our job to love right and accept people where they are and let god deal with the conviction that's exactly. where our prayers for them that are struggling, Lord, help them. Give them the strength. Help them to see whatever you need them to see. Yep. And you can't pray what they need to see. You don't know, you don't what, know they what, what that is. But well, you, God, give them, give them dreams and visions of hell. Well, what if that's not what they need? Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, God, you know, let them get into this or let this happen to them. Well, you don't know that's what they need. What if that pushes them further away from God? Yeah. You don't know. And then pre- depression sits in. What you prayed has totally derailed them yeah where they should have been yep and 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 so you know a lot of time you know try not to go there myself but right that's why i don't do the prayer chains because the prayer chains gets it's into gossiping gossiping session. did you hear oh we need to pray for that person because did did you hear that they what happened the other day oh yeah we need to pray no just, just do your little silent prayer to yeah, yourself just just love on them be there for them Help them because you don't know what they're going through. Yeah, you need to pray. Not that they stop doing what they're doing, but God, help them. Whatever this is not who they are. Right. Help them. Help them to realize who they are. Right. Not oh God, you know, blah blah blah. Jesus, help this person. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that. That's not. That's not Christianity. 
That's not what that's not what Jesus would do. Now there are intercessors who feel the need drawn by the Spirit of God to pray over people. That's you know that's in the private time and that's in your you know your right. time of prayer and right. You know you know that's different. That's different, and we want to clarify that for those who do operate in intercessor prayer in your personal life when God right. draws you. But you know you know the thing is, it's the ones that are that are but in the faith. Be careful how you pray. Right. Be careful how you pray. You know, I think we should always pray through a lens of 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 love and compassion, not out of distaste, right? And I think we need to pray with moderation, right? Everything you do, do it in moderation. So I think, you know, we need to start learning how to balance out, you know, what is an effective prayer then? Mm. Well, if God already knows what I'm about to pray before I pray it, you know, what... Do I need to say it? You know what I'm saying? Can I can I can I think about it in my heart? Can can my heart's you know intention just say God? You know you know what to do. You take control. You you know what I'm saying? Right. And so and I so I think that that is probably the most effective prayer. God, your will be done in this situation. Yeah, and with he's speaking of for other people. I mean, when it comes to your life, repetitive prayer is not something you need to be focused on because if you look if you if you have faith and you set you request make your bring your petitions before the Lord you do it in faith then you have to have faith to believe that he heard you the first time yeah and this repetitive praying 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 the same <laughs> thing over and over and over again it's you're just speaking something that you that, that's what the Pharisees did yeah and and so we pray, therefore we believe to receive mm-hmm. and live with exp- the biggest challenge is not praying about it. The biggest challenge is living with the expectation that it's about to happen. That it's about to happen, if you, even when you see it not happening or no signs of life. Right. That's where the real faith kicks in, and I mean that has totally changed my whole trajectory of my personal walk with God because I no longer come to Him with repetitive request, other than. God, you know my heart. Lead me where you need me. Yeah. And that's my repetitive prayer. Lead me where you need me. I need to see. I need to know. I need to understand and comprehend. Truth. So if I'm if I'm inquiring of the Lord, his personal delights, the things that I do that may seem to um, make him upset with me or angry with me, I need to make that change. And so when we see a brother or sister that is God's laid on our hearts to lift them up in prayer. Then if you know of their situation, listen, go to them, pray. If you're going to go, you know, you go to, we pray for him, go to them in, in private, you talk to them. And once, if they're willing to divulge the struggle or whatever that is, then you continue praying with them. Yeah. You know, say, Hey, I'm thinking about you today. Just want to know if I'm praying for, is there anything that you want me to pray about today that you need help in? What can I do to lift you up in my prayers? Yeah. And then and if they have that trust in you, then they say, yeah, you know, today was pre- I was pretty weak today. You know, I was tempted to go this direction and, you know, I'm fighting it. I'm, I'm just I'm being I'm just weak today. Can you just pray that for strength? Yes, I'm there. I'm going to pray for you. Right. You see how I, I guess kind of how I'm looking yeah. at this. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just it was a very tricky verse. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, you know, when I first read, I'm like, man, how? How in the world are we going to get through this? But honestly, as the Holy Spirit enlightened, 
he led us to to this. And some of you may have, you know, different opinions, different opinions, different answers. We love to hear what that is. Yeah. You know, email us, message us, you know, comment on our podcast post. Yeah. But I think I think that place of uncomfortability is a good place to be when studying the Bible sometimes. Yeah. There are times where you're going to be uncomfortable with what you read. Yeah. You know, and that's that's okay. That's a good place. That's an okay, okay place to be. And I think, you know, we have to normalize that, you know normalize it and say let's figure out a resolution to this together right and i think we did i think we did that pretty well yeah um but saying you know there there are there are different types of sin but yet all sin is wrong but yet there are sins that don't lead to death but there are some that do it sounds contradictory in and of itself doesn't it It does literally it sounds like he's double talking himself right but i think i think you know Children, stay away from evil. That's, I mean, let's finish this off, right? Yeah, go ahead. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. I'm going to put an insert there for now. Yeah. Yeah, because that's going to change. Yep. And we know that the Son of God has come and given us understanding so that way we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. And this is how he ends his letter. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. There we go. There we go. What is idolatry? Anything that you put before God. That's right. Anything you put before God. And I think that includes focusing on other people's sins. Mm-hmm. I think that includes um, uh, even praying for people, right? I think sometimes that can be an idol. I think I think too much of one thing except for God is an idol. And so, you know, we have to keep ourselves in line with what he wants, right? It's okay to slip up every once in a while as long as you pick back up, go back right on course. Right. right? You know, one of the things that the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me about personally, and I'm not going to divulge and go into that particularly, but, <clears throat> you know, he's teaching me some things in my private life. Yeah. And in my private life, he says everything must be done in moderation. Yes. You, you said it. The key word was too uh, over excessive in one thing. Too much of one thing is a bad thing. Right. <laughs> so there has to be a balance. And, and that balance in your life you, you calls you to live longer in life in, yes. in various ways. So, so that, so you, like Pastor Ren said, you, you, or I've heard other people say, you can, you can be, um, so godly that you're no earthly good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. We're we're to go out into the world, and 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 witness the gospel of Jesus Christ, and sometimes use words. Yeah, you know I've heard others say that, and I believe that those quotes and those things are very true to, to that for today. Yeah, that you know our life as children, we are we are His children. Yeah, we are to come to Him and in a childlike faith. And not to be childish in our faith. Yeah, absolutely. And that we are to keep our eyes on the prize, mm-hmm. not eyes on things. And what is the prize? What is the prize? You know, is it going to heaven one day or is it to see Jesus reign mm. truly? Because I think even there we've gotten skewed. We've we've made heaven an idol. Right. Right. Like the, the thought, the right. conception of what heaven eternity looks like we've made that into an idol and i think you know anywhere that jesus is 
would be heaven for me. Whether it's here on this earth, whether it's on Jupiter, I don't know, right? <laughs> Nobody knows, right? Nobody knows really where the end is going to be, right? right? And so we have to just be okay with not knowing, right? Can't. So what is the end goal? Well, it's just to see Jesus reign, yeah. to have him, to allow, to see him in full reign. That's my end goal. You know, and and to add to this, to see on earth what he's designed in heaven. Right. That's the Lord's prayer. Right. And so if if, if I want, if I'm going to follow God and I'm going to do the things that are not going to cause me to go into places that is considered sin, my desire should be how can I fulfill his will here? Mm, yeah. What is his will? What is his purpose? What is the desire he has for my life? and for the lives that I'm called to affect yeah. around me yep. that I can fulfill it for him and be obedient so that so that I can lay all the things that he's allowed me to achieve for him not that I seek for achievement because I don't I don't seek to achieve and accomplish things it comes things. secondary it comes secondary my only achievement that I look towards is how can I fulfill his will and bring what he's designed in heaven right here on earth how can I live in the heavenly places right here Yeah, and, and, and expand his kingdom on this earth? So I'm not here. We're not here to build our own kingdom. No. We're here to build his kingdom. Yeah. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. And I think, you know, that we, you know, we need to strive for that on earth as it is in heaven. And that's pretty much what First John's been about, and about love, and about kindness, about generosity, about about giving, about you know just bringing His kingdom down. Um, but it's been a good journey for First John. Next podcast, we actually are hopping into Second John. Um, which is only one chapter, and so is Third John. Third John is even shorter than Second John. But um, I think after that, like I said, we're going to go to Hebrews. Uh-huh. It's going to be really good. Yes. That's a good bit of chapters, so we're going to really dive into and, and dig into that. There's going to be some uncomfortable things in that, too, that we're going to just go through, see what happens. But, you know, if you like what you heard, check us out on MountCalvaryCOG.com. Check us out anywhere you get podcasts because Mount Calvary has their own individual podcast. Check us out on Facebook, Mount Calvary Church of God. If you got any questions, email us at mountcalvarycog at gmail.com. Again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to First John with us. Catch us next week when we dive into Second John. God bless. We love you. And we'll see you next week. See ya.